what I'm starting to realize, though, is, like, I think these are the universal conversations that everybody wants to have, but nobody's willing to actually have them. You are listening to Come As You Are, the podcast. My name is Amanda, and I'm joined by my two friends, Tyler and Stephanie. Together, we are a trio of coaches coming together to explore life's biggest topics. Each episode, we hold true to our name, Come As You Are, by showing up and just hitting record. Whatever we bring to the table that week is what we talk about. No scripts, no planning, just real and raw conversations. Our mission is to create a space where vulnerability and authenticity take center stage. And we believe in the power of deep conversations and soulful connections. So welcome to the show. We're happy that you're here and we invite you now to just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's conversation. Hello. Hi. Hi, friends. It's so good to see everyone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a minute. We unexpectedly like, but I, I, I love that we're back. I know. Me too. Me too. And I want to say that, um, uh like I found that so funny that just when we started to say okay we are committing we are doing this weekly that I had this thing last week but um I don't know it was it was I would say it wasn't necessarily something that has had to tell us anything or or whatever and we've overcome bigger struggles right so yeah I just want to thank you guys for your understanding and just to give you a little bit of context also so this is a very good friend of mine and um, her dad has been struggling with cancer for years now. And mm. he just did like chemos um, the last couple of months and it's not working anymore. So, yeah, he's been sent home from the hospital on Monday now. And yeah, they can't help him anymore. So now it's like family is coming to kind of say goodbye and yeah so that's super sad and my friend like she's such a daddy's kid you know so she like worships him and yeah so it's it's really hard for her obviously and and I don't know it's it's really sad I've not thankfully lost anyone so close to me um I I can't even imagine what she's going through so yeah I'm just trying to be there and support Mm -hmm. her and she got the news last Friday that they help him anymore and that obviously so I just wanted to be there for her to support her and and yeah it was was very good that I went and yeah we just tried to I don't know distract her but also you know just be there I mean there's hardly anything you can do other than you know just be there for your friend in, in times like these right so yeah it's a bit sad yeah I always I'm love that in these situations that like as challenging right as it can be but how it really does remind us how much support we do actually have you know what I mean like in those hard times when like I mean she's so lucky to have a friend like you and like I don't know I just think there's so many things like even I I notice for myself I put a post on Facebook of like oh life took an unexpected turn and suddenly I'm getting all these messages from people like are you okay is everything okay I'm here to support you Mm -hmm. like so it's just like it's so nice to know that in these hard times that we do have so much love and support around us and I think there's never a good way to you know for someone to pass away but 
Mm. I feel like sometimes it's, I don't know, actually, but um, if, because most of the situations that I've had in my life, it's more of, it's been very quick. Like it was unexpected. So I Mm -hmm. wonder sometimes if like, does it make it easier? Like, do you have more time to like process and come to terms with it? If you kind of know it's coming as opposed to like, you get a random call on a Wednesday, like, Hey, by the way, do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know if that makes a difference, but I, I am curious about that. I actually don't know either, but I'm, I'm trying to put myself in her shoes and I'm thinking that I'm because like, I mean, um, grief is like a process, right? There's like those different stages. You start with like denial and then you end at acceptance. And in between you have like, 500 cries probably and I think when when you're in a situation like this like you know okay it's terminal you know that he will pass away it's very soon I think this whole first stage which is probably the hardest where where it's just the saddest because you're denying and you're you're not even understanding what's happening you're just really really sad because you can't ever imagine feeling happy again like I think that phase will just be longer until they pass and then you can I I don't think that you can move through this grief stages until it has actually happened so I would argue I don't know I think it's not a better situation when you know it's a worse situation um and and you're just like I don't know waiting for it and and you just feel sad much much longer like you know this first phase is just much much longer I don't know if that's that's what I know but I have no idea because I've not <laughs> been through it thankfully so yeah that's an interesting question yeah I know like so my so my dad has like stage four COPD uh which is you know a lung disease and uh the doc like he's got like 15 percent of his lung capacity still operating and like he's kind of in rough shape but also like with copd which is a little bit different than like cancer and things like that it's like copd can go on forever even at stage four like you know there are people who like live with it for a very 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 long time and so it's like his doctors were like his doctors were like, if you don't quit smoking, which is crazy, um, but if you don't quit smoking, like you've got like, like two and a half, three years max is kind of what the doctors had told him. And I don't think he's quit smoking. I think he's tried to slow down, but it's at the same time. It's like, you know, like he had, he has a COPD and then I had my grandma's best friend who was like a grandma to me. She had lung cancer and it was the same situation where it was like, she smoked all the way in, up until the time she died. And it was just like, well, I've already got the lung cancer. So what's stopping me from like, you know, I'm not going to quit now. Cause I'm still going to die. Like her attitude towards it was so interesting. And, you mm-hmm. know, in both situations, like, like, with Dolly that was my grandma's best friend she she knew she was gonna die she didn't know when you know she had kind of like accepted what was happening and so everybody and it and in a way it allowed everybody else around us like around her to kind of also accept it 
And so when it actually did happen, like, yes, we were sad, but it wasn't as like heartbreaking. So I've seen, I think I've seen both sides of it where you kind of know that death is coming and you like Stephanie said, I do agree. You're kind of sad, like a lot longer in terms of like, oh, this is like, oh, I'm so like, it's hard to kind of like process it. And like, you can't really, you're right. You can't grieve all the way through until it actually happens. But then when it does happen, I feel like the grieving process is a lot shorter because Mm -hmm. you knew it was coming. You had time to kind of cope with it versus Mm -hmm. like back actually it'll be 10 years in August uh 10 years ago I lost my best friend in a car accident and that came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and so that process was shocking like I mean you know you don't and 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 with something like that like he was 21 you know you don't expect a 21 year old to die and especially not Eric and so his death has been now 10 years and I still feel like there are times when I can't believe it happened you know and so I think there's like there's like I don't know it's such an interesting conversation to have because there's like there's like would you rather know or would you rather not know and also like I don't think either path is like a better path to walk down. I just Mm -hmm. think processing death and dying is like a really hard subject. And it's a hard process for everyone, regardless of if it's, you know, short, like no notice, or we've known for a long time, this was coming and hospice comes in and you sit there and you watch them slowly go. Like they're both really hard things to process. Mm -hmm. I just think, when you know it gives you a little bit of peace because you're like okay like I know it's coming like and you can to me I coped with it a lot better than I actually did with Eric's death mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean it's sorry I just have because like I feel like that I don't want to be like disrespectful because we're sitting here like kind of like not laughing but sort of like like when you said like you know this is a very deep conversation I'm like Duh. like what else do we do here <laughs> we go. <laughs> this is it this is what we're talking about today it's life and death and all of the the mysteries of it like here we go yeah and that's kind of what I was thinking too though was like the interesting opportunity that we get to sort of like have that intentional time before they go however I think it's so interesting that you're bringing up too this like your friend 21 years old like how we sort of take life for granted, right? Like the fact that we woke up this morning, the fact that we're here on this call, like the fact that we're even speaking to each other right now, what a gift, what a gift. Sorry, Stephanie, I didn't need to cut you off, but I felt like that just needs to be said because I didn't want, because we both of us were like, you, I, my hand went up and then both Stephanie were like, <laughs> like, yeah, obviously this is what we do here. <laughs> so I just had to say that before we moved on because I wanted to make sure that like, I know the grieving process can be challenging. And I mean, you know, it's not, and yeah, not necessarily a laughing matter, um, but just like, you know, the irony of like, yeah, well, we do keep conversations. (laughs) But, But it is also interesting though, because 
you know, laughing is also some of the best healing. Mm -hmm. And so that when you can find not humor in the situation, but, you know, pulling, pulling, you know, good memories from, from the person and, you know, bringing up the laughs. Like for me, that was a real big part of my healing was like through the laughter, through the like, you know, and it's, and I think when you're, when you're talking about a subject like death and dying, I think for a lot of people, it's a very uncomfortable topic because there's so many, I mean, we're going to go down the rabbit hole. I know we are, but there's like so many, like, there's so many questions. There's so many, like what comes next and all of these kind of things. And so it's uncomfortable. And I think we've, we like turn to humor to like help us, you know, process some of that, because I know when, when uh, Eric passed, we went to his visitation and I will never forget this story. And it's one of the most, I think it's one of the, I think it's one of the most beautiful, greatest stories ever. So we all get up and we were a theater group. Okay. So there was like a lot of us that came to the funeral. Like Eric had so many people come to his funeral. It was the most beautiful thing ever. And we, and there was a, a group of us from high school. We got up, we, we walk up to the casket and he's laying there and they actually, he was in a car accident and they didn't think they were going to be able to have an open casket, but they were able to do it. And so, you know, you're just kind of staring down at this like body that is not really your friend anymore because, you know, like the soul's gone and everything like that. And it's just a weird thing. And we're all standing there. And one of my friends, she pulls out her phone and she squats down next to the casket and she goes, come on, guys, we should get one last selfie. And we were all mortified. Like we were like, you can't. No, no. And she goes, she goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. She said, death makes me do stupid things, you know, mm -hmm. and it was like such a real moment because she was trying to like lighten the mood and everybody was like having a really hard time. And so she did something that like she normally wouldn't have done, but it was just like such a reflection of how awkward it is, you know, when you're going through death when you're processing it all you know and everybody I think acts a little bit crazy and we we do some not so usual things and um I was but she just like squatted down pulled out the phone and was like come on guys we should get one last selfie and we were like no like I first of all I don't want to remember this but like also like this would be embarrassing because his parents are over in the corner and like his family's all around. And I'm like, I am not taking a selfie with a dead body, but like <laughs> it was, it was, it was the, I can't say it was the highlight of the funeral because like that sounds bad, but like, I mean, it was one of those moments that just normalized how awkward and how uncomfortable death was. And it just made such a nice space for like breathing, you know? And so it was a really great moment. Um, despite the tragedy, I was like, I was like, thank you. We all needed a little bit of a laugh. We needed a little bit of like uncomfortableness. And like, you know, we we grew together in that moment. And I think that was a really cool thing. I was also when you were like saying those things of why you don't want to take the picture, I was like, I don't want to have a photo 
in my phone <laughs> with a dead body you know it's yeah. like that's yeah. so that's so weird right but you're so right that so many people are and this is me included I guess um I don't have a lot of touch points with that um first of all and so many people are are just uncomfortable with the whole thing because I guess in our culture it's something that is 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 that we're usually scared of um and we don't have those conversations about it right I think it's like death and money and I don't know maybe politics and then for some cultures or or for so many families, also everything around sex is like those mm. taboo mm -hmm. topics. Mm -hmm. Yep. And what I always remind myself of when I talk about death or think about it is that we have such a limited view on it because there are cultures out there who are celebrating this, right? Like I'm sure you guys heard, have heard of this also. Um, maybe even, we even had conversations on this that there are cultures who are like celebrating this like for them the memorial is a celebration you know people come and and they they don't wear black clothes they wear white clothes or some other things to to represent something about the ritual and um they believe that and i, I don't know the specifics right but i've heard some bits and pieces here and there they believe that they're souls then are finally free and go on to to a different place and that this is actually the start of something rather than to focus on the end of the experience that you have as a human in your in your container that is your human body and I always like I never I haven't really looked further into this yet but I just find that such a beautiful way of looking at it and maybe this takes a little bit of the fear off to know that death is not it is maybe the end, yes, of, of your experience as you have it as a human, but it's also the beginning of so many other things. Um, I always like this kind, you know, glass half full kind of attitude towards it. Yeah. Me too, me too, Stephanie. Again, going back to our kindred spirits and being on the same kind of like plane there, like I feel the same way about death, you know, and I feel the same way about like, looking at it as like as like yes it's kind of like the end of the chapter as we know it here in our human bodies but like what lies beyond and like you know like like the more I grow my my spiritual practice my understanding of like the universe and energy and you know things like that the more I'm like the more I get not excited about the afterlife but like I think more curious and more like a sense of wonder about the afterlife versus fear, you know? And I think a lot of people, it's so interesting because you were talking about like cultures and I think, you know, even though we're all in three different countries, we all have pretty similar, I think cultures in terms of like the religious aspects of life and things like that. Canada, Germany, and the United States, we're all pretty Christian oriented and so it it really comes back to i think a lot of the christian beliefs in death and like heaven and hell and like you know there's all, all that fear and i was talking to my sister the other day we were talking about growing up in the catholic church and it was like, like everything we did like led to hell 
and I was like, oh my gosh, like it would, it's, it's like, it's kind of like they drill, <clears throat> they drill like the fear into you. Or if it's like, if you're not good enough, like in the Catholic church, like you don't go to heaven, you go to purgatory, which is like, which is like the in between. And it's like all of these weird things. And so like, I could see like, as a culture, you know, as a, you know, growing up, at least in the United States, where you know, death is very focused on what the Christians believe in the afterlife and things like that. You know, there is that sense of fear of like, was this person good enough to get into heaven? And I was like, you know, for me, it's like, it's like, I, I just think there's so much more to it than just heaven or hell or, you know, purgatory if you're a Catholic and all, you know, all of these other things. And it's like, it's like, for me, I do think like, we need to celebrate more of the afterlife like i was in mexico the uh, i was returning home to the to the united states the on the day of the dead in mexico and so leading up to that day like they had all the you know they were starting to decorate and whatnot and i was like i was like this is really beautiful like they all come out and they celebrate and they you know they it's not it's not like a negative thing and i think i think that's a big shift that we can make is is, you know, we get the choice of, you know, do we look at this as a negative thing or a positive thing? And like Stephanie said, like, I choose to look at it as a positive thing. Like, let's celebrate what's coming next. Let's celebrate the evolution of our soul, of our spirit, you know, as we transcend into whatever's next. I don't have an answer to that, but, you know, at least I know, you know, when I go, I know there's something on the other side that's at least my beliefs are like, there's got to be something more beyond this. Or, you know, maybe even reincarnation, maybe we come back and, you know, we get to do it again. Like there's so many cool things around death. And I think just as a society, we need to normalize it and also recognize that like, that like, it doesn't have to be such a negative thing all the time, you know? And I don't know. It's it's pretty powerful to really think about it. Yeah, I remember when my grandmother passed away. It was pretty sudden. And but she was very clear for for a while. Uh she had always told us that, you know, I'm living on borrowed time. And so like, you know, I think once you get to a certain age, this kind of, you know, you start thinking about these things and remember having conversations with her where she would say, you know, do not cry at my funeral. And not that it wasn't about, you know, feeling your feelings, but it was about, I don't want you to have regret or sadness about it. Have a party. So when my grandmother passed away, we actually had a celebration of life. And so we, we were like, it was literally like a party with my cousins and my aunts and like everyone was there. Uh, well, my aunt had actually passed away a few years before and she was really young as well. And so like that was, you know, my grandmother's daughter and that was really hard for her. And so we were in this celebration of like, wow, you know, in like what you're saying, Tyler, whatever it is after this life in this human body, but that they were able to, you know, be together in whatever way, you know, that gave us comfort in knowing that she got to be with her daughter. Um, 
And yeah, we just had this like massive, it was, it was a party. It was literally a party. And ever since then, not that I expect to go anytime soon, but I've always said, have a, cause I'm that person. Like I'm always having a party. I'm like, if there's an excuse for a party, I'm going to have a party. So when I'm gone, have a party for the memories that we had, we got to share together for the life that, you know, we were able to live. And I think too, for me, that's why I'm so passionate about my mission is because I don't know what day will be my last. And I want to leave that legacy of young people getting the support that they need to navigate all of the things, including death, because it's going to be something that hopefully they don't experience until for themselves very old, but they're going to have family members that will pass on. And so how do we help them to navigate that, right? And I think that that the gift in, I woke up this morning because we get so caught up. Well, I don't have, and I don't have, and you know, the doom scrolling, like all the things, the comparison on social media is like, does that stuff really even matter? Not really. Ooh. Ooh. That gave me the tingles, Amanda, because I, I literally had that thought not too long ago when I was scrolling. I was like, does this all really matter? You know? And like, and like here in the States, like we, we just avoided another like government shutdown and like they budget whatever, I don't know, something in the economy. And I was like, everybody gets so caught up in the nuances of everyday life and the little things, you know, it's like, it's like, it, you know, I, I've been reading a book on the economy recently because I've fallen into that headspace of like the economy is like totally like a made up system. That, and it is. It's like a system that we've all put together to determine like countries worths and things like that. And it and we all just blindly like just go along with it because like that's what we've been conditioned to do. But I mean, in this book, I was reading it and there was, he was, he was questioning, he goes, does any of this really matter? And I was like, that's a good, that's a good question. Like, you know, and like, and we're all so stressed out about, we're also stressed out about the nuances of life, you know, and we buy into this system that tells us that we should do this and we should do this. And then we need to worry about this and we need to worry about that. And when you ask that question, like at the end of the day, does it really matter? Not a, not a whole, not a whole lot because when we're, when we're dead, we're gone. You know, none of the things that we have done here on this earth, like actually matter. And that kind of sounds a little bit morbid, but at the same time, like I, I flipped it. And I was like, this gives me so much freedom to say, you know what, I'm just going to go out and I'm going to do the things that I want to do because I only get X amount of days, X amount of years, you know, to do it. Why am I holding myself back? Why am I falling into these beliefs that like life has to look like, you know, college, career, home, family, you know, retirement, 
what you know why is it structured that way you know we as individuals we are the creators of life we are the creators of our world and we get to and this is what really blows my mind is like is like we get to create our own reality you know and so i think when we're doom scrolling and i love that like that that phrase doom scrolling because you see it on instagram you see it on the news everything's like always like catastrophic like the world's burning down and things and and then you kind of think and you go damn this might not matter in 50 years you know like we could be dead in 50 years like are we gonna really sit there and waste our lives worrying about these little nuanced things when we should be enjoying and celebrating and having the experiences and so i've i've been having like a major i'm going to say spiritual awakening here within the last couple of months that it's been percolating and growing and you know one of the things that i have personally always wanted to do is travel you know and for so many years i told myself that i couldn't travel until i made you know x amount of money and so i've like held myself back from like the experience of travel because i've like fell into that into that mind space into that conditioning of like traveling's only for rich people you know and i and i started like looking at the numbers recently cuz i want to do like I want to do a trip around the world. And I was like, okay, how much would a trip around the world actually cost? It's not as much as what people think it is, you know? And I was, and I wanted, and I wanted to do it in a way that's like slow. Like I want to, I don't want to like, like, I I don't want to hit every country in like one year or anything like that. But like, I was looking, I was like, I would love to go spend one month in one country and do 12 countries in a year and just like like country hop for like 12 months and i looked into it and i was like how much would this really cost and i was looking at all the different you know ways to do it and i mean it was like for flights and 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 your and your uh living spaces which are like the two most expensive parts of the puzzle it comes out to about twenty thousand dollars to do to do that and at least the way that I was looking at it. And I was like, I was like, that's less than like how much I was paying for my dorm when I lived in Chicago, you know? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I could have gone around the world with that money, but instead I chose to like eat rice and beans in Chicago because I wanted to be in the city. And, you know, and I was like, and I just like completely flipped for me, but it really takes like i think a change in perspective of mm-hmm. of bringing this full circle here of realizing that like that like we don't have a lot of time here on earth to experience all the vastness of earth and like if there are things out there that you want to do that you want to experience it is your mission to go do that it is your like your your obligation to go do that like you know it's like it's like we can worry about the little things later but like for now it's like all about living in the moment and being connected to like okay this is the present like you know everybody is so future thinking that 
you know, we live in the future. We think about retirement. I think retirement is like the biggest curse that has ever been put on our planet because like (laughs) people think about retirement and that's all they think about. And then they're like, I'm going to have fun when I turn 72. And I'm like, okay, you're going to be like old and your body's not going to work as great as you know, you are when you're 20, 30, 40. Why are we not living for today? Why are we so only focused about tomorrow? Because tomorrow is not guaranteed. Just right now is guaranteed. Thank you. I needed <laughs> all of that off my chest. I want to like applaud and like bow down to you. <laughs> that was such a cool rant. That was so cool. <laughs> oh, I needed I needed that today, y'all. I needed that. Thank you. Ah, uh, you you do look more relieved also now. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I actually, while you guys were talking, this is what I wrote down, look, time. That I think Amanda even started with saying that in the beginning, you know, it's like the little things and that we, it's a, it's even a a, a blessing and, and um, something to be so grateful for when we just wake up in the morning and we have the opportunity to see our friends and our family and hug our loved ones and pets and whatnot and that um, so much of what we see every day is, is just distracting us and it's it's like putting our focus on like external and it's taking it away from internal that um we have everything we need like we're good we don't need all that external stuff we don't have to do the scrolling all day and I had that very same thought also not too long ago while I was scrolling I was thinking about tea when you're 70 80 years old will you be like grateful that you have spent all that time on Instagram (laughs) and it just sounds so ridiculous when I when I like ask myself that right I'm like no you don't want to you know, like thinking of, I think this is what, what so, so many people think at some points. I certainly uh, did that, you know, once you are, once you move on, once you're dying here on this planet, that you would go to some kind of like magical being that could tell you how much time you spend actually, you know, <laughs> talking to your friends or doing your hobbies or whatever. And you would look at the number of your like, you know, time you spend on Instagram um, and maybe you could even look this up in your phone. I don't know. But and and you would be like, yeah, gee, I'm so grateful for the three thousand hours I spent on Instagram from like 2010 to 2000. I don't know, 33 or something. So, um, I think that really puts things in perspective when when I ask myself silly questions like this and reminds me to. And I don't know. Do you guys have this too? When you, when when you guys were talking, I was. I was having this, yeah, gee, you know, screw the small stuff. Like no one cares. Like, and then I had this instant connection with my my spark, my my mission, my purpose of like, yeah, just go do. Like, I mean, not now, but we're gonna finish this conversation. <laughs> but you know, I'm like instantly fired up to focus on the things that actually matter. And when you know, for me personally, when I think about what really matters is you know fulfilling my purpose and. and being out there as a coach and as a speaker doing things like what we do here so actually I don't have to go anywhere I'm not the perfect place 
um yeah it's it's a it's a great reminder and i and i love how we kind of made this full circle of talking about you know it is really sad when we see someone and their experience ends here on this planet and how this can be such a yeah gifted reminder that um we do have limited time and what we want to do with that and that again like there's so many distractions out there and what you mentioned Tyler with the economy um and the whole institution or the whole system of capitalism which is you know kind of the the, the tool of economy I don't know how to but they are very linked together right yeah that that we are being raised to be a user of that system to just be like a number and to do our part by paying our taxes and you know being the the person that will just get a job and then work and buy stuff and just be part of that system and anything that we are being exposed to every day on the news and maybe even the people around us will remind us oh we are part of that system and we think that's normal we think that's that's how it's supposed to be right like you said Tyler but who says we can't do it a different way right who says that we cannot also say you know what school all of this I don't want to you know go to a sucky office job for the rest of my life and spend 40 hours 50 hours a week something at something that I don't actually enjoy and then have like very little time left for the things that I do actually enjoy. Like this system is so ridiculous. And even when you look back, like I learned this a while ago and I was like, what that can't be true. That actually why, why we have this system with kind of like 40 hours a week goes back about like a hundred years when men were supposed to provide for their family by going to work for 40 hours a week. So back then it was supposed to be that way that as a single human being, and back then it was mainly men, that you would go to a job and then you would be able to make enough money for your whole family. And nowadays, well, you know, you know how it is, right? <laughs> nowadays, most jobs where a single person goes to, you know, part of corporate world or whatever job you have, um, whether you are like a carpenter or you you are a, a baker, it doesn't matter. Those kind of jobs, it's not possible, right? Because the, the value has shifted. If you're someone that gets up at 4 or 2 a.m. in the morning and you bake your bake your cakes and your breads and you sell that and you have employees and you go home at the end of the day, not enough to feed your family and so the system has shifted we're working more than a hundred years ago and we are earning less and we need to feed more right because everything is more is worth more so we have to also make more create more value with the work that we do which it's, it's like the opposite because what we do now is worth less than what what the same labor and the same value that we created a hundred years ago so that's like ridiculous. So it's like so much pressure, especially for people who, you know, have families. It's impossible. You can't do that anymore. And yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that.
I think it's really interesting that we started this conversation talking about death. Okay. Talking about like dying and the end of life. And it morphed into a reflection of how we live life. You know, because it's not usually until you get to the end of life that you reflect back and you go, what would I have done differently? You know, and I think, you know, Stephanie had had made that comment. It's like, it's like, you're not going to be, you know, 80 years old, you know, sitting in the retirement home going, oh, I wish I would have spent more time on Instagram growing up. And you said that that made me laugh because like, that's exactly like, you know, you see now on social media, you see like, you see like the advice from like, from like the old people, you know, those that'll pop up on my screen every once in a while. And it's like, it's like, hi, I'm 92. And this is one thing I wish I knew about life, you know, early on. And it's usually something like, it's usually something like, you know, spend more time with your loved ones or, you know, take the trip or whatever it is. Ours is going to be, you know, hi, I'm 91. I wish I would have spent less time on social media and like actually like out in the real world, because like, that's what it's coming to is like, is like, we are so we're, we're so consumed in the technology. We're so consumed in, in the artificialness and that's not even just in in technology i think that's that's in the consumerism side of things and the commercial side of things of like of like we're consumers we want to consume all of this artificial stuff and i don't know for me i'm way more interested in going to learn about cultures going to learn about people different countries seeing different parts of the world having what i consider to be a human connection like that one-on-one conversation that we that that we only get when we talk to others when we only you know you don't get that i don't know i've never experienced it at least i've never experienced that sense of community inside of virtual reality you know, it feels artificial to me, you know, and again, this is just my views on this, but like, you know, at the end of the day, again, coming, bringing this all full, full circle, like we have the choices, we get to make the choices, we get to determine, you know, how we show up that day, what we do, where we put our time, where we put our money, where we put our, our attention, you know, and like, it all comes back to being intentional with the life that we are creating so that we don't get to the end of life going, oh, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. I should have spent more time here. I should have traveled here. Do it now. Do it while you still have time. Do it while you are still here because one day you're not going to be here and you don't want to miss out on the beauty that is this world. That's it. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) i love that you highlighted consumers though because i think that that's important right like we're consumers no matter what but what are we choosing to consume now that's it that's it mic drop we're done (laughs) 
that's the episode for today. (laughs) Thanks for being here, y'all. Thank you for listening to Come As You Are, the podcast. You can follow the show on Instagram at Kaya the Podcast and on YouTube and Facebook by searching Kaya the Podcast. If you haven't already done so, please help us keep the conversation going by subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast. And be sure to join us next time for another deep conversation.